Voice of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. When the senses have... Welcome to Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org and hosted by me, the best-selling author of The Gorilla's Guide to Balfang Radio and The Gorilla Dispatch, Volumes 1 and 2. With Volume 3, I'm working on that right now, kind of intersped in between different things that I've got going on, so it's kind of been slow going on that one. But that one will be coming out, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed here, by the end of the summer. And, of course, the forthcoming Signals and Handbook as well. And I am joined by my very good friend, a fellow instructor, Siginer Extraordinaire, a man who has worked for the U.S. Intelligence uh, activity as well as the national security agency. And, uh, we are going to be talking tonight, of course, about a few things, uh, condition going on in France, which is fairly alarming to anybody with the eyes to see it and, uh, kind of giving up a little bit of what's going on behind the curtain with that. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Lord A's signals intelligence station as well, since I, uh, was the first person to break that story back in 2018. And we're going to be talking about that as well. And some awesome signals, intelligence topics, and talking a little bit, diving into some of the, the topics that we're going to be covering in class in the upcoming Tactical Signals Exploitation course. But with that said, I'm joined by my very good friend, Madman Actual. What's up, brother? Howdy ho. What's up, buddy? Um, thank you for it's that good intro. Evening. Man. I wouldn't say I'm an extraordinaire. I'd say I'm a, I, a I connoisseur would. of sorts. A connoisseur. Connoisseur. connoisseur very French, man. you know. Very, very France. That's what Francais. Francais. <laughs> yeah, the poor Ooh. frogs are having a hell of a time right now. Mm-hmm. Um, extra spicy. It's man, some well, some of the videos I've seen are definitely old. Um, like I saw a bunch of people with like jackets on, you know. Yeah, and that doesn't make any sense. It's freaking July first. They ain't wearing jackets in France. Um, nah. Not unless they're they're concealing things under them, which well, no, this was like know. people 
you know, like citizens running, not uh, not future oh, doctors. Oh yeah, and yeah, lawyers. yeah. This I know was the like video actual... you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you saw it. Dude, dude was and... like a soccer hooligan fight. Dude's getting his head kicked around a little bit. You no, know? no, no, like no. He, it looked, looked like he was talking a little bit of shit and got thrown down and got kicked in the head a little bit. You know, no, not that typical, one. I did see that one though. Typical soccer um, hooligan shit, you know. No, this one was actually riot police. Well, that's the thing in France. Like, oh. I even went onto the State Department's website today. I was like, you know, what's? Because it's hard to tell sometimes. So I like to go on there yeah. and see like what the travel advisories are. And it's uh pretty much the same as it always has been. And they even say like. Street protests and strikes are pretty common in France, which is true. Like, you know, the joke is like, oh, what's what are the French rioting about today? Um, but this video was from, I don't maybe this past winter or the the winter before or maybe the fall or something. But everybody's in like windbreakers and like overcoats. You know what I mean? Like, not just like a a long sleeve shirt or anything like that. And, uh, but the video still holds true in my opinion, because the amount of police you see in that video, even though it happened a while ago, there was probably like 400, 500 police officers in riot gear holding one intersection, one four way intersection. And it was like 100 cops, yeah. like two lines of 50, you know, phalanx together on each of the four sides. So my point being, it takes a couple hundred cops to hold one intersection out of all of Paris, much less France. Right. You know, right. like... <sighs> Well, they're not just rioting in Paris either. Like they're in Marcel, no. they're in Lyon. It's, yeah, it's they like this is uh, well. Paris is pretty big by itself. Oh yeah, but the little yeah, it's huge, the little quote unquote cities, which I would call like, you know, where where I live, you could describe as a quote city, because it's like four townships kind of put together that are all sandwiched pretty close. So it's like a, a city, per se. But yeah, France is the same thing. Like, you know, it's got Paris, and then you have larger cities that have, like, pretty big skyscrapers and everything around it, and but mostly suburbs and mostly industrial parks and all that. And, you know, it, it's disturbing, to say the least. I mean, we were just talking about that one video with the rocket. I mean, they fired a rocket. Yeah. into what was apparently a police station, which would make sense because you see the explosion and then they all rush in. So like they're, they're storming something, which I'm guessing is a police station with an armory in it. Um, yep. I posted on Twitter earlier, like what I was reading when I first saw it, it was, Oh, they stormed an armory. And I was like, well, I researched it and I was like, well, everything I'm getting is like saying a gun store. And so I put that, I was like, I'm, I'm hearing that it was a gun store, not an armory. And, every, you know, one guy commented, like, there's no firearm stores 
in France, dot, dot, dot. So, of course, yeah, they are. me being the smart ass I am, I Google mapped France, gun stores, comma, France, and there wasn't many. I'll give them that. There wasn't no. a whole lot. They don't have many, but they, they do. Yeah. But they have them, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they have different classes for each ammo and each uh, type of firearm. And you can only have so many of each class of firearm and ammunition. You can only own so much and you can only buy so much at a time. I think it's like a thousand rounds for like most guns. And then I can't, I didn't look up, bother to look up how much you can buy at a time. But anyway, there are firearms stores in France. They're not that whole myth of, you know, Europe is totally disarmed. Compared to America, yeah, they're neutered, but they still have guns, right? Like you're still it's like California, man. It's, yeah, you can still like, own. Everybody thinks somebody owns guns. guns in California. It, you know, there, there's a lot of firearms in California. There's a lot of guns you in just, California. There's a lot of there, there's a lot of uh, it's like California, Illinois, New Jersey, New York. Now, it's like everybody looks over their shoulder when they're talking about yeah. Them. Like that, that's what's so, um, it's kind of sad, the culture of, of like, you know, when you, you talk to people from those states and they talk about guns and they're like, they look over their shoulder. They're like, so, uh, I, uh, I have an AR-15 and, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, Hey man, <laughs> you know, like, Take it easy, pal. Dude, he, the Stasi ain't coming to get you, man. <laughs> yeah. you know, here in North Carolina, the Stasi is not hanging out behind the bushes. Like, you'll be no. all right, man. It's just no, I mean, chill. look, I'm I'm a Maryland native, and I'm telling you right now, like Maryland might be one of the most strapped states in the union. Yeah. I mean I would agree with that. Everybody I know has a gun. And I know guys that are upper middle class, upper class, upper middle class, middle class, lower middle class. And I know some guys that are dirt poor and every single person that I know in those classes has a gun in their house. Like I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head of people I know that don't have a gun in their house that live in Maryland. And I can't think of anybody. Everybody's strapped. I mean, it, it's getting to be that way. Like the whole mid-Atlantic region, dude. I mean, it, it's that way in a lot of places, but the yeah. whole mid-Atlantic region is just teeming with with weaponry. You know, yeah. And I mean, that's a good thing. And and the thing is, is that there's a lot of people that you know how like we we typically will get stuck in in the political paradigm, like. Yeah. Gun community is kind of stuck into the the conservative, um, you know, sometimes paleo conservative political paradigm, and and all the arguments that go along with that. But they're not realizing is, is that there is a whole hell of a lot of people that were the liberal spectrum of things a decade ago, and ain't no more, and they and, and they are armed. They are arming up. I mean, I've had the honor of, of working with some of these people. Like I've had them in class, you know, professional classes of folks that, you know, the lawyers, doctors that they, they, you would never think that like these, these are people who are 
a would even walk into a gun store you know like they they wouldn't even do it but b like now they're coming to a class they're saying hey you know i i, I want to get some training like you know and then all of a sudden like after class you're hanging out everybody's hanging out you know they drink a couple beers and all of a sudden like they they let they let the guard down. It's it's like you know they they're they're so used to working in a hostile work environment where they like everybody wears their mask, and yep. all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, there's there's people here who are just like me, who you know think the same things I do." And now all of a sudden, hey, everything is normal. Like you know, and yep. and so they really it, and I really like talking to those folks because they bring a unique perspective. Because it was like most of them most of them were liberal or, or kind of like voted Democrat or whatever, because it was just a traditional way of thinking. And, and they're waking up to like, Hey, um, you know, this is, this, this ain't working. Um, this, this is what they've done. The, the, you know, they, they've run the, the, they've run this train right off the tracks. And, you know, we don't know if, if, if there's any way of fixing it, but, taking this this little bit of control that we have nah, you know that might be a good first step because i mean i think a lot of people are looking at the shit over in france and saying hey you know that that that's gonna be us for too much longer like we're we're yeah, not I mean, far behind that you know when i, I mean was, uh... if you look at oh go ahead, right, go ahead. <laughs> Oh. Well, I was gonna, what, what I was going to say is, is that when, when you look at, you know, something I, I put out earlier today over on American Partisan was, you know, who's who's doing the writing? Like, who's who's writing? You know, when you look at who is rioting, it's it's not French citizens that have lived there for five generations. Nope. You know, it's it's not, you know, people that that can remember the German occupation of, you know, and, and like their parents were part of the French resistance. Like it, no, that's not who the fuck is out there doing that. These, these are Algerians. These are people that, that, you know, influxed in from very bad parts of the world. And they were taking advantage of the welfare state that was created there. And this is what you get. Like this, this is a fact for anybody that, that dis that it's a fucking fact like you can see it if you want to deny reality you go right ahead you keep burying your head in the sand that's what's going to happen now let's let's take that paradigm and look at america uh because we got a whole lot of people coming into the united states that don't give two shits about america and they have been incentivized to not give a shit about america and are being encouraged to actively do so. What do you think is going to happen next? What do you think is going to happen next? Because I, I mean, know what I would do if I was in their shoes. Yeah, now I mean, that's like, I mean, I was talking to, uh, I was talking to my mom and she was like, you know, she, she gets on the internet, right? So she sees what's going on in France. She's like, have you seen what's going on in France? And I was like, yeah, I saw something about it. And she's like, <laughs> if you ever met my mom, you'd totally understand. Um, Johnny will probably laugh if he ever, if, when he hears this. 
she was like, well, you know, those same fucking people are coming over our border. And I was like, yeah, you know, mom, you're, yeah. you're actually a hundred percent correct. <laughs> yep. You are more than a hundred percent correct because you're making up for the other people who are just like, Oh no, like these people are future doctors and lawyers and they just love America and they just want to come over and, and be part of the workforce. And like, all right, look for anybody that doesn't know me, mm-hmm. I worked as a paver right? I paved asphalt for a few years in Baltimore city. Right. And I was paving in like the neighborhoods where the wire was taking place. Right. Not where they filmed it, but like where it was actually taking place in that little like 18 square block area where like 90% all, all of the, the murders happened. That it was yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm shoveling asphalt. Yeah. And there's one house that has an actual door. Everything else is plywood. Right. So when you go to Baltimore, there's this weird thing that happens where your eyes are just like, holy shit, these people like don't live the same as us. So you take that, right? These people live in the U.S., right? They were born and raised in the U.S. and they don't live the same as you. Now take people who are 1500 miles away (laughs) and they speak a different language (laughs) like now bring them up here and what are you going to get and now like change everything right change the religion change the culture change the language which i mean it's kind of like you know the trio intertwined uh but like man these people don't like us and and we've seen Chinese nationals crossing the border. We've seen Russians crossing the border, Iranians, RIGC guys crossing the border. Mm-hmm. And this is like ver- verifiable. This is not, this is on mainstream, right? Which I know we always say, don't trust mainstream. But like when they're giving you stuff that you shouldn't hear, you'll be like, all right, well, if it's too big for mainstream to cover up, then that means it's like, too legit to quit yeah and little little bits will slip out man like yeah because like they, they can't it, hide there's it. a little yeah that's what rush limbaugh used to call uh a, a random act of journalism like, i always thought that was so hilarious whenever i hear that random so, yeah it's not a random acts of kindness <laughs> <laughs> the random rush act limbaugh, of journalism he was man. He he knew the deal. I used to uh, listen to and him quite Savage. A bit. Yeah, him, him and Savage, man. Sa- Savage would would talk about borders, language, and culture. I mean, he was he was literally the only guy that was talking about the border for a significant amount of time. Uh, you know, in, in the early two thousands, he was calling up yep. problems with the border, man. And you know, they a lot of the other conservatives in the media would you know they made him a pariah for a while for you know a few reasons and you know it's, but he was exactly right dude you know it, you can't here's the thing like you do it in reverse if you go to you know guatemala or honduras or, or wherever you know and and let's say like like if you go to that country now right as an american 
or we'll just we'll we'll, we'll extend that to Europeans, right? You go there as a European and Chinese. Like we'll we'll extend that to the Chinese as well <clears throat> for a reason. We'll be talking about it a little bit later. They look at you as a tourist and a money mark. Like that, that's what you are. They see you as as all right, this dude's got money. I'm I'm I, and and the criminal elements that are there are trying to assess exactly how much you're worth. Because if you if you have a certain of fuck you money to where you're you're super wealthy. You know, you're already going to have protective detail and and they're not they're probably not going to screw you. Right. What they're looking for is those guys in the middle where it's they're worth a serious amount of money because they're down there to do business. Maybe they're on vacation also, but they're they, they're valuable to somebody. Right. They can get a deep reward out of that. Poor people, poor people from America don't go on vacation to these kinds of places. Right, they don't go to do business. They definitely don't go to do business in those kinds of places. So they they know, right? And the criminal elements are always watching you, always watching you. That's that's true in any 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 place you go in the United States, any place you go in the world, cities especially. You got eyes that are watching you. You don't know it if you're not street smart. You don't know it, but they're there. They're watching you. I promise. Right, and and this is true. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. Any corner of the world, you you have those elements because they're looking for that person that's not from there. And then they're going to make a determination. I, exactly what can I do with you? Exactly what can, what can I get out of this guy? Right. And all that Western bullshit, all that that humanities bullshit that, that we're treated to in the United States, all bullshit. Right. It, that's all 100 percent bullshit. All of that's it. that Western all bubble, man. It is like we think it, it, the irony of liberals is they think simultaneously that they're untouchable while they want to tell everyone else how they ought to be. And, yep. But they think they're untouchable. They, they're oh, oh, whoa, whoa, no. You know, oh, you can't do that to me. I'm your friend. You know, like you, well, man, you don't get it. That's even gotten worse, man. Cause like I met a guy, um, when I lived in another part of Maryland, um, well, actually, I don't care because I don't live anywhere close there now. I lived in Bel Air, Maryland, which is in, uh, it's like northeast of Baltimore City. Um, straight up 95, you know. And I met a guy at a bar, and he was like, and I told him where I grew up. And he's like, oh, bro, that's where I live now. And I was like, ew, why are you living there? Like, it's just full of like hipsters and the same old crackheads and winos that were there when I grew up. But like the only difference is that now there's like the commie hipsters and well, it turns out he was a commie hipster. So that made sense. But <clears throat> I was going to um, say his, you were probably like, talking to a communist. Yeah, I was, but you know, it was a, it was an Irish pub. So like, I didn't expect to find too many of those guys around. But I guess I was wrong. Mm. Yeah, these days. All right, man. These days, that's. Um, yeah. but anyway, he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, like I was like, well, how do you like it down there? Just out of curiosity." And he was like, "You know, it's 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 pretty nice, but uh, I was like the locals." And he was like, "Well, 
yeah, kind of, I guess you could say that. And I was like, dude, I, I grew up there. Like, <laughs> just say it, man. <laughs> that's what I told him. I was like, just, just say it. Like, look, man, I was, kids, I was alcoholics, I was, from Rhinos, like, I was, I was six months old when my parents bought that house and I lived in that house until I was 18 and joined the army. Like, I know, don't worry. You're not going to offend me. I hated them too. Like, (laughs) you know, you go across the highway. We didn't like those guys and they didn't like us. And And that's just how it was, you know? And like, and then it within the neighborhood. Yeah. Like you had your crackheads and your winos and like, you throw eggs at them and tell them to fuck off. And then they holler at you in like some unintelligible <laughs> nonsense. And then that's it. Like, that's just how it was. Drunk, so drunk speak. Yeah. They're just like, crackheads. Crackheads develop their own language, man. They, they, they do like methods. They understand methods each other, but you are over here. Yeah. Like methods are over here, like inventing new forms of math. Like they, they're sitting here with a finger in the air. Like, I'm convinced. You can't one. Yeah, like they, they're over <laughs> here. Like if you could, if they, if they weren't, if they didn't have like, like legitimate lesions growing in their brain, you know, who, who knows what we could achieve with, with a group of methods, you know, because they, they're kind of industrious. But crackheads, nah. Winos, definitely not. Nah. No. Winos, man, those are the guys in Baltimore. And if anybody's ever been to a big city, you'll know. They'll come up and they'll be like, hey, man, uh, can I get, and then they'll think for like five whole seconds, they'll be like, can I get, uh, I need 57 cent. I need to catch the bus, man. Like, that's the, that's the wino. You don't have to worry about the wino. Yeah. If he's asking he's, you for an exact man. amount of change, you don't have to worry yeah. about him. Yeah. He's if he's, he's coming up he's, to you and being he's like, a lifer, man. He's he's done. Yeah, he's you don't have to worry about no. him. He's he's fine. No. Just if anything, he's, just he's give him a dollar. That field jacket. Day. Yeah, he he got that old field jacket on. Yeah. They always have a camo field jacket, man. Always. He's always man. I ran into one yeah. guy. He had the olive green. He was an old Vietnam Damn. guy, I guess. Damn. Now he definitely stole it from the Salvation Army. Um, yeah, but, he, nah, he probably wanted Vietnam. Most well, of because that's what no. that's what he man. When I first got out, you know, I was like the uh, the that was his hobo cover douche. story. Yeah. <laughs> When I first got out of the army, I was like the super moto douche. I used to have like the operator hat on and everything. And he was like, Hey man, are you a vet? And I was like, Yeah, man, I'm a vet, yada yada. He's like, Man, I was in Vietnam and yada yada and like feed me all this shit. And I looked at him, I was like, Buddy, if you need a dollar, I'll give you a dollar. Like, what are you bullshitting me for? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what are you doing? But man, when I worked, oh, I was you, a security you, guard. You say you're Vietnam, you're four years old. Yeah, that's the thing. I <laughs> like was the like, brother, don't work like, out here. I know a couple of Vietnam vets that were like 18 <laughs> when they joined, and it was like in the late yeah. 60s. You ain't the, Vietnam. The math don't anyway, work out here, man. Oh, no, nah, wow. the, the math ain't working up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's one guy. He came up to me. I was working security, and this is the crackhead, right? And I know he's crackhead because. By the end of the story, you'll know. 
he comes up, he's like, Hey man, what what's up? Mind you, where I worked was like literally you look down the alley to the right as you walk out the backstage door and you see the police station, like the garage of the cops leaving shift. Right? Yeah. I mean the police headquarters is there. And this guy is in the back alley and he's like, Hey man. And he pulls he pulls out his crack pipe. He's like, you know why we smoke this? It keeps us warm. <laughs> it lights up a crack pipe right, right in front of me. Oh man! And I was like, "Hey, good for you, buddy. I'm gonna go well, back inside. See you later." Shit. He tried shaking my hand. I was like, "No, no, no. I'm, I'm good, pal. I don't. I don't like shaking hands, man. I got your like, It keeps nah, me right. warm. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Crackhead. But anyway, you just like the libs like will accept that. Like the guy at Bel Air, he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, man, like it's a pretty cool spot. Like the avenue's cool, and uh, you know they got some cool bars and like yada yada. And I was like, yeah, bud, but yeah, you're paying all that money to live in like what's essentially a shithole you know like you're not <laughs> you're living in the concrete jungle and you're it's, surrounded by it's, idiots it's, it's that are going to rob you like the first chance they get if there is not a camera yeah. in sight they're going to beat the shit out of you and take everything from you yeah. and they're not even going to lose sleep That's about it it's all virtue signaling man it, 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 this this is the reason that liberals will go to a city they will buy a crack house in the hood. They will fix it up. They will dump money into it. They'll paint it fucking Easter egg colors, right? Because they all do this. They all do this. Shit. All of them. They'll put their they'll put their little pride flag in the front, right? To let in the this whole house world know. Believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all means all. That's that's the one that you see everywhere yeah. in North Carolina. Y'all means all. And it's like, hey, if I see a y'all means all sign in front of your house, you are not from North Carolina. Period. Like in story, <laughs> you ain't not from here. here. You ain't from you, you're not from you are not from not one inch of North Carolina. No. I'm just I, I'm telling you. It, yeah, and then you talk to them, you're like, you know, you, you pass in conversation or something. You're like, so uh, where are you from? Well, well, we're originally from Washington State. We're originally from California. Yeah, you know, like how did, West. How did I know? West, How did West. I know? I knew. I knew. Or, or you know, we 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 left Austin because Texas was just too stuffy. Like hearing that, yep. Too. Like that. That's the other things. People are coming Keep here. Austin they, weird, man. Yeah. Well, Austin is Austin is overflowing with with shitbaggery. So I mean, they successfully Dude. turned it into San Francisco, the the eastern half of San Francisco. That that's what they turned. It into like that. That's what Austin is. So when I was at Fort Hood, you know, I took the family to Austin with my buddy, and we both yeah. looked at each other and we were like, "Bro, let's just stop at Waco, and like, that's as far as we'll go. Yeah. We'll, you know, like Waco, Temple. You know, like we'll hang out there, but like Austin, nah." And then we went like, down to San Antonio, and we were walking past the Alamo. And it was like the same thing. I was yeah. like, what the fuck, dude? This is like Austin. Like, oh my. I like San Antonio, though. I like San, San Antonio. San Antonio, I will say, San Antonio was a cool spot. 
Um, yeah. But Austin, man, that's uh, well, nah. That's because we're all. The, that's where all the politicians are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all the all that's the where liberals. The suits hang out. And, yeah. Wherever the suits hang out, that's where the liberals hang yeah. out, and that's where the yeah, ghettos man. are. And that's, that's just how it is. Are. Every big city is the same, it, it, man. It's... Wherever the wherever the suits are, like in Maryland or in Baltimore, Bolton Hill is where all the, the councilmen and former councilmen live. It's this historic neighborhood in Baltimore. Um, when you redo the sidewalks, it's got to be a certain concrete mix, an aggregate mix. You know, the bricks all got to be done a certain way. Mm. Um you know, it's all historic. But then around it, I mean, North Avenue. Like, you go on YouTube and look up North Avenue, Baltimore City. And one of the first videos is going to be the guy that drives through, like, Kensington Avenue in Philly. And, like, all the shit neighborhoods around the country. And he's going to be one of the first videos that pops up. And it's North Avenue. One of his videos, I know every street he's on. I'm like, yep, I've been up that street. I know exact. I know that guy, actually. I'm sitting on the street corner. <laughs> like... But, and that's how it is. Like, it's the politicians, and then they're surrounded by their controlled ghettos where they are former gang members or they're in in with the gangs, is how it works. And Austin's no different. You know, every big city. That's the easy way to money launder, man. You know, it's. Yeah, the gang members, they're like, hey, you know, like this 15 year old, he's pretty smart. Let's keep him out of jail. And then he'll become the next mm-hmm. mayor. Because that's what Baltimore has now. With uh, fucking, what's his name? Q-Tip. I can't remember his name. Q-Tip. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, dude, it, that's... Uh, it, that's but that's, that's how it works. It I mean, is, that guy, man. I mean, all of them. All of them are the same. Doesn't matter what city you go to in America. It's all the same. It's the politicians are in league with the gangs. Where they live, they're surrounded by the gangs. Yeah, you know that's, that's, how it that's works. their enforcement, man. Like, like gangs and work. If you go back and you watch that that film critically, you know, and and there's a lot of truth in that. Like, as a historical film, it was is pretty damn good. Um, it did. They, there were some real life elements that that occurred in that film. Um, the people for the most part that were featured in it were fictional creations like bill the butcher is kind of an amalgamation of few different people but um it's my favorite like that that was a real thing like like the draft riots was a real thing how like the the breakdown in in new york city and how like each each group got together and they picked who who was going to be in tammany hall like that that was how that went, and and how they said, oh, yep. you know, well, who's going to be the next mayor? Well, don't worry about, that. I'll have the votes, man. You know, like, and it, nothing changed. Like it, it, that that's the way that it is. Like, you got all these people, you know, in the country, especially on on the right, like conservatives that, um, liberals, your liberals, especially your you know, your young liberals that are very idealistic and everything. And they, you know, they're they're true believers. They don't want to believe that Bernie Sanders is a fucking grifter. Like they don't want to believe. They don't want to hear that. 
They don't want to no. hear that this dude's got, you know, million dollar homes and he's living large. Like they don't want to hear that shit. They don't want to hear that. Like, you know, and, and, you know, your, your average conservative out there doesn't want to believe they in, in America, they do not want to believe that there is any sort of corruption whatsoever. They don't want to believe that they, they, they're fine with pointing it out, but then it's like, Hey, what are you going to do about it? Uh, that's well, the thing. We'll just have to vote harder. Like They'll get you're going to vote TV. harder, but They'll get on TV. It's a, it's a fucking rigged and they'll game. Smack man. Their, they'll smack their hands against the desk, and they'll rah rah yeah. all day long. But then when it comes time doing something, that's yeah. it. There's nothing. They don't do anything. Because see, liberals that that young idealist liberal is fine with corruption as long as it benefits them. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't give a shit. Like they I mean, they don't want to hear nature. that they're hero. Yeah. They, they don't want to hear that their hero is corrupt. But a lot of your your workaday servers out there, and I mean, I'm not I'm not trash talking anybody. I'm just pointing out a fact. They don't want to believe that. They don't want to believe that that there's that oh corruption exists. Well, the FBI is there to get the bad guys. Well, yeah. Well, you know, now me and you is the bad guys, homie. So yep. they're not interested in going after real bad guys because if they were. Hunter Biden would be in prison. He would have he oh. would have been in prison a long time ago, but he Man. ain't. Why isn't he? Because they don't give a shit. You you don't understand. They're there. They exist to protect. They protect the ruling class. That's what they're there for. They are the vanguard that protects the ruling class. The ruling class is they, they operate by a whole different set of rules. Man, it's it's like this. It's like this. Um, I'm back and, and watching some older TV shows in the evenings with the wife. And uh, we started watching Hell on Wheels again. Yeah, Hell on Wheels, wonderful, wonderful show, man. It, it didn't, I don't think it got uh, anywhere near the praise that it should have got. And I don't think that that, that is not a show. They wouldn't, couldn't make that show today. Like they made it a decade ago. And, and I don't think they would have made it today um the main character is a confederate colonel you know it it just i mean it it, you know just it wouldn't have happened right and they're dealing with some deep deep shit in that show like ramifications 1866 1867 you know a lot of a lot of bad stuff um you know and and well it tells the story of the west too yeah oh yeah I mean, every, South, every one of those West. characters. Yeah. A- every one of those characters. I mean, the Confederates. <laughs> yeah. The Confederates I mean, built it, the wasn't, it, it wasn't a homogenous thing either. I mean, it, it's it's like how you got the black railroad workers mm-hmm. were in prison in the South and Union Pacific Railroad literally bought them. And it's like, man, you know. We yeah, really don't fight to free the we, we don't like to think about stuff like that. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, like we, we can have this romanticized view of all this stuff, and now all of a sudden this show is just putting it out. The owner of the railroad, right? Colomini, um, a wonderful actor uh from, from Star Trek and a few other things, but he did a hell of a role in uh playing Durant, uh, who who was the, the owner of Union Pacific, and he was 
uh, deeply tied in with uh, Ulysses Grant and you know that whole uh, machine out of Washington D.C. because he was he was serving a very specific purpose for the United States government. But they they literally bought prisoners in mass and said, "Hey, you know, we're we're just going to buy you." It's like, man, you know, you think it like like man, that's that's really messed up. And so is about how talking about the ruling class and corruption and so on and so forth is there, there's a scene in the the second season right going back and, and because i mean i watched it a decade ago when it, when it was on and and i uh, loved it and you know i'm re-watching it now and there was some things that you know i you see things in a different way you know when, when you remove some time you get some some little experience little age uh between you you go back and you watch things like that they're impactful you see it in a different way and um you know there, there's a scene where uh in the second season where the two irish guys right two two brothers one of them's a pimp right he's he's running a brothel the other one's selling real estate in nebraska for the railroad and they, they there was a a german guy who you know came to that camp and, and was working as a butcher and uh, turned out that he killed one of the prostitutes, like beat her up real bad, strangled her. And uh, there's, there's a lady that is an investor in the railroad and she's one of the central characters and she pays a guy to kill the man that was suspected of doing it. They like, they, they didn't know, but they just did it. And so, I mean, you know, anyway, where I'm going with that is, is that there's this scene between her and Colomini where, you know, they're, they're talking and she confesses to him. She's like, yeah, I had that guy killed. And it's leading to this whole big thing that like, like violent breakout, you know, like they, they've got a, a labor riot now that's going on. Like all the, all the railroad workers aren't, aren't laying track and they, they're trying to figure this out. And she confesses and she's like, yeah, I had that guy killed. You know, and he's like, somebody's going to hang. This. Do you want and, and, you know, the 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 two Irish guys are the ones that are getting blamed for it. And they're going to hang them. Right. And he's like, D you know, we hang you. And she kind of like looks and he goes, of course not. There you go. They operate by a different set of rules. Yep. You know, the, the, it, that, that's the ruling class. Like, why is it, why, why are they not sleeping in tents and slogging it out in the mud with everybody else? Why, is, why are they removed from that? Why do they have their own little, little luxury car they're living in? Now, I'm not saying to, to some that would sound like kind of a, a liberal populist point of view, but I'm just pointing out a fact here. They're operating by no, that's a different just set populist of view. That's right. It's, it, they, they operate Which by a different wrong. set of rules. It, it, no, it, it, it um, the the whole point behind it is is pointing out that you're always going to have inequality in society. That that's mm -hmm. not what you know. I'm not necessarily arguing against um, inequality in totes because meritocracy, I equality of opportunity should exist, not equality of outcome, and and that's the diversion right. there. But the, the thing is, is that, and, and you're always going to have hierarchy in society. You should always have that. But the, the, the point is, is that everybody should be held to the same standard. And right. it, that's not the case. Again, and that's a utopian point of view 
for sure. I mean, it, you know, expecting everybody to be held to account the same way. I mean, o- only Lord's going to do that, you know, no. but yeah, exactly. But, but my, to my larger point though, is that the FBI, the, the, the federal law enforcement apparatus exists to protect the ruling class. Plain and simple. Like they can make all their little TV shows, which are just propaganda, by the way. The copaganda. All, all you little it's that's propaganda, man. That's all it is. They can they can do all that. But I'm telling you, it, it's this is what they exist to do. This is what they're there for, you know. And um, you know, we're we're that that's the danger of what we see going on in France right now, is the what is the appropriate response to that? You know, it, and depending on your your perspective and, and your point of view, you may have have differing um, thoughts. But whenever you have sweeping totalitarianism that comes in as a result of a crisis, um, you know, it, it it's not realistic. Some of the answers that people have given, you know, generally out of anger, are not realistic. Like that's that's well, not really. Um, it's, it's, it's a scary thing for sure. I agree. It is scary. And I think that the appropriate answer and hear me out. I know I'm sure, uh, some people will probably shit their pants when they hear me say this, but the appropriate response for something like that's happening in France right now is, and there's a meme about it, right? And it's funny and it's goofy, but it speaks so much truth. And I shared it with Johnny Paratrooper. It was on Twitter for a while. It was like, um, it was a Starship Troopers meme. And it was when Rico's in class and he's like, Johnny, explain to me the difference between a citizen and a civilian. And the meme is, you know, Johnny's like, a citizen returns his shopping cart to the corral a civilian does not which is <laughs> which is stupid and funny but it's like a civilian nah, it's, it's pointing out something but it's yeah. pointing out something right a citizen takes responsibility and ownership of their community yep. a civilian is just hanging out that's it they're just hanging out you know yep and the appropriate response for any nation is the citizens need to react. The government cannot react because if the government reacts, then you get the totalitarian response, right? And that never goes away. That doesn't get retracted, which that's where the libertarians kind of have a point. You know, the like the hardcore, like libertarians on Twitter who are like, oh, you can't give the government oh, any more yeah. power. Like, then they'll just never give it back. crowd. Right. They have a point. I'm an anarchist. I'm right. an anarchist. They... <laughs> I'm trying to do the anarchist. Ralph Wiggum voice. Right. I'm an they... anarchist. <laughs> Mr. Bobble. Yeah. I'm waving a flag with an A on it. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, yeah. it's not red and black. It's yellow and black. I know, um, but that's not real <laughs> anarchy. Ah. 
what Mary Rothbard said. Lace in Spooner. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, man. Lace Spooner. <laughs> Like, dude, so, one of have a point, those right? guys was a grifter, and the other one was a smelly hobo. I'll leave it up to you to to decide which was which. Yeah, they like personality split Karl Marx, and they just went like split it into two personalities. Um, but so they have a point in which you have if the federal government takes action, and they. You know, like, I've thought of myself, I'm like, dude, why doesn't Macron just, like, I've, I've only seen black uniformed police. Where's the military? Like, dude, when I got, listen, here's Madman as a governor. If I'm governor of a state in the U.S. and somebody launches a fucking RPG governor. into a police station, like... All right, let's say Maryland, right? Let's say I'm governor of Maryland. Okay. I'm calling the boys from the lake. And if anybody from Maryland that's in the know knows, like, there's some bad motherfuckers. I'm calling them and I'm be like, boys, like, somebody just launched a rocket propelled grenade into a police station. Like, that's it. You made the call. Once yeah. once a rocket propelled grenade gets fired. All right. You know like what do you what are you supposed to do? Um but that being said, just so we don't get too much hate mail, the citizens should be doing something. <laughs> and it's a oh, shame. Man, dude, dude, the end caps are going to I oh, I the I'm end gonna caps are going to lose. Have, dude, I have I have a few uh, frequent flyers they'll send me. I immediately delete them. Just it'll just be like, You guys are fun. fucking status. Yeah. Yeah. I like, like it's like, you know what? Yeah. Look, man, here's the thing. I'll be the first one to admit it. I am kind of a statist. Like, anarchy doesn't fucking work. <laughs> you need you need a government. Now you need a government. I'm sorry. Like Yeah. <sighs> You need Dude, a government. What, what cracks me you up need a hands the... off, you need a hands off government, but you need a government. Yeah. yeah. Like so <laughs> look, if it was anarchy, I'd be having to fight motherfuckers for my tree line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. every day. Like libertarianism and quote unquote anarchism, like they they're not one in the same, like not even close. But at least libertarianism has a a logical end state. Um, anarchism does not, it doesn't recognize an end state. Uh, the end state is, is just amorphism, uh, where there is no, it, it's, this is why, uh, Murray Rothbard or, uh, Murray Bookchin rather not Rothbard, uh, Bookchin and, um, uh, his, basically his, his school of thought, uh, with anarcho syndicalism, at least offers a, a coherent answer. And uh, kind of the, the way the, the Kurds self-govern themselves is an a example of this. The thing is, is that, that the, the problem with that is, is exactly what I just pointed out. The Kurds self-govern themselves that way. Okay, so why do they do that? What makes it? Well, it's the fact that they the cohesive society, 
right? They they because are they all have... ethnically Kurds. They, they don't they don't allow in outsiders. Like you you ain't Kurdish. Like, and I've right. I've lived among these people. I trained these people. I fought with these people alongside these. Shmurda, I've got respect for them, but their belief system is what it is, and and they they look at um they have their, hegemony. hegemony. Uh, Yes, hegemony. It, it, it's it, that's the term for it. They, I'm trying to remember their their. Uh, uh, they have a the strict, guy that they, you know. Yeah, it's it's very strict. Very, very like you said, they'll let they'll let the gringos hang out and train and fight with them, but like, you ain't living with them. Like your your mud hut is not going to be next to their mud hut. Or whatever. Like, if they have houses. I've never been to Iraq, so I don't know. I think we got Starlinked, buddy. You froze. And if I was a worse person, I'd screenshot this, because your face is really funny looking. You there, pal? I believe we have some dead air, ladies and gentlemen. If you can hear me, we've been Starlinked. I'm back. Back. Anyway, I'm back. Back again. No. Anyway, what I was saying is is that they have hegemony, as you point out, and they are a cohesive society. But that's what you have to have in order to have. Yeah. Quote, but is that real anarchy? No, it's not. No, it's and not because they have they have social laws, right? Like you can't socially. There's things that are unacceptable. I, you've talked about this before, like not that long ago. And I was like, yeah, like that's what people don't get is like <clears throat> in my area. Um, like if you have green hair, you're getting funny looks. Yeah. Like that's just it. Like if you aren't wearing jeans and shoot like, well, boots are mo most common, but like if you're not wearing a t-shirt and pants and shoes, yeah, you're getting funny looks. I'm a Hawaiian shirt guy. I like my Hawaiian shirts. They're comfy, and I don't know, just like <laughs> puts everybody in a good mood. And it's not a boogaloo yeah. boy to thing. It's not none of that. I was wearing Hawaiian shirts way before the boogaloo boys came out. Um, but I get funny looks. I literally got a you ain't from around here from a girl in a bar. Like I'm shooting pool and she was like, why are you dressed like that? And I was like, I don't know, because <laughs> it's comfy. I'd have told her, I'd have, told her, I'd have been like to get you to talk. To me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so like, bam. I looked at her and I was like, like right there, girl. 
I looked at her and I was like, well, from where I'm from, everybody's hun. Doesn't matter. Like, man, woman, everybody's hun. And I was oh, like, yeah. hun, you ever worn a silk shirt before? And she's like, well, not a shirt, but I've worn silk. And I was like, yeah. right. Yeah. It was yeah. real comfy, wasn't it? And That's I was like, right. That's right. This is a, I was like, this is a silk shirt. To get like, her to touch it, touch the shirt. I, she touch did, it. She touch did it. Feel how comfy that is. Oh. This was when I was a sing this was when I was a single man. She did touch yes, the sir. shirt. Yes, sir. Yeah, she's like she's like, Oh, it is silk. And I was like, That's right. Mm-hmm. Got her from the goodwill up the street, baby. <laughs> yeah. Get her get was, her to fix one of the buttons. If she was just playing with one of the buttons or something. <laughs> Over with. Oh, night's man. over. Night's sitting, over, buddy. Got it in the bag, dude. But I wore the shirt. Say you talk to me, girl. I'll be thinking about you all night. I walked in here. I had a I had a white t-shirt on when I walked in here. I saw you, and I was like, "Ain't no way I'm gonna get her attention. I gotta do it. I, I gotta do something. I gotta run out to the That's truck real quick and get my Hawaiian shirt right. on. Get my Hawaiian shirt on. But like. All Stand jokes aside, you know, I stood out because I had a Hawaiian shirt. Because most guys around yeah. here are just wearing a regular old T-shirt, a Walmart T-shirt, and yeah. blue jeans, and their Ariettes, or their Red Wings, or whatever whatever work boot they're wearing. Yeah. And that's how they walk around all day, every day. It could be hot as shit summer, and they'll be walking around here with blue jeans and boots on, and a T-shirt. You know? Yeah. And, uh, but that's the thing, like the Kurds, like you were saying, they have their social norms where they're like, there may not be a law on the books, but that's not how they live. They don't live like there's social laws that you just don't break. Right. You know? And yeah, cause, cause to them, apostasy is, is the worst crime. Like that, right. that's the worst crime is, is to be at an outsider. Um, Cause that means you're, you're going to die, especially for the Kurds. Cause everybody hates them. Like everybody in that region hates them. So it, it's man, you know, anyway, it, it, you know, so breaking things down. Uh, so, so breaking some of that stuff down, man. Um, you know, France get, getting back to France. You know, it, it's, it's a logical it's it's really a I'm let me let me try and pare down what I'm trying to say here. Um where where we're headed to in France and where I think things are gonna go and, and it's certainly gonna happen, it's gonna be coming to our shores as well, is the you know the the reformation of those societal norms and, and we're seeing is a bigger conflict between Western liberalism, which is very uh, wanting to accepting uh, to accept outsiders, uh, accommodate people and kind of bring them in. And now you have all these groups that are apostate or, or uh, maintaining an apostasy to that, which is, is normal. And so when you, you begin to have that problem, you begin to recognize that that, that is a problem. It's going to lead to conflict in society. Um France is experiencing that 
<clears throat> you know, and, and they're having a, a very serious social crisis as a result. We're beginning that now. We are beginning that now. And um, the thing, too, is, is you know, a, a lot of people out there will get into the, the problem or the trap of the, the dichotomy of thought. Right. So it's either this or that or everything has to be interconnected. Everything has to be part of one homogenous thing. And the reality is, is, is that's not true. Um, you know, we, we have groups that they, they're taking advantage of the situation, the situation in the United States. And they're they are certainly invading our borders. Um, but it's not some grand design that they're all marching to the orders of George Soros or, you know, whatever other bond supervillain you want to throw in there. Um, that's that's not really the case. Uh, they, they are coming in to take advantage and they're setting up shop and working on their own accord. Now, does that mean that those, you know, Soros, Tides Foundation, World Economic Forum, so on and so forth, you know, insert whatever is not giving them aid? No, I didn't say that. Uh, they probably are, right? They probably are. But what we're seeing is the fruition of unintended consequences. That's what that's what you have to prepare for. Look, folks, we can't control what that that elite powered elite does and the rules that they follow behind closed doors, behind the curtain. There's not a whole hell of a lot that we can do about that this time. All right. Other than point out what it is, right? It is. And understanding that there is a problem socially is the first step in resolving the problem, right? But all these these groups, right, these these dichotomous groups that are coming in to the United States that have been invaded the West through various conduits, various means, are in accord, right? They're going to continue to do so because this is in their nature to do that, right? This is their advantage, right? And, and they are... Things that they are internally homogenous. And so the Western liberal, and yeah, I'll say it, the libertarians as well, right? Certainly the ANCAPs, they can't distinction because it's a, it, it's the admission of an internal contradiction of their own logic. When they say, oh, but, you know, yeah, we should all be this way or we should all be, you know, free, right? We should all be able to just determine our own path as individuals, bro. No other society in the world thinks that way, right? They don't think that way. They're out for them, plain and simple. So, you know, with that said, when you begin to distill all that down, you, you got to understand that they're out to get theirs, all right? They're out to get theirs. And so here in America, we're going to have to figure out, and we're beginning to figure it out, and the problem is, is that it, it's a rough road getting there. What defines us as being American? Right. And, and resolving that conflict first. And then, you know, how do you resolve who is apostate to that? How do you bring them in? How do you rope them into uh, the larger American culture? And uh, France has, has not been successful at doing that. Uh, you know, and, and I don't think in, in America, in the United States, I don't I don't think that we're going to be successful at it either. 
And and that's about as optimistic as I can put that. But but therein, you know, I agree that's why that. we train. Yeah. That's and I mean we're we have we're too many different to see... sects and factions, you know. Yeah. You, like you were saying, we have the libertarians have... and yeah, you're always going to have internecine conflict in, inside of any sure. given group. You're just going to have that, right? Forever, that's, that's nonstop. Quote unquote human nature. But the thing is, is that a superordinate goal has to be introduced to say, hey, you know, like, let's get together here. Let's let's bring everybody in. Let's all get on the same page. This this is how you do this. Um, and, and I think. Uh, in, in regions in America, in the United States, certain regions are definitely going to, to do well uh, going into the future. But I know how uh, American society at large is, is going to survive it. And, and I'm not so sure that it will. But that, that's, you know, again, that, and that's not a doom and gloom point of view. That's a, that, that is a sober, realistic point of view. Okay, that is me giving you the truth of the matter and, and understanding, you know, Hey, this is what you got to get ready for. Um, and part of that is training. Yeah. A big part of that is training. And, and you know, folks are, are going to say, Oh, you know, here he goes. He's going to just whatever. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I got into doing this. I, I was talking about this on, on, uh, the other night of sons of Liberty. I got to doing this. Another job, man. He had another job. I got into the the training game because it. I felt the need to help people. You know, and that's why I'm doing the, the everything that I do. That's why I do what I do. It, it's I'm not over here trying to be a millionaire. Like I didn't. I didn't write a book intending on it to become what it became. I, I wrote a book to say it would help people get them on the right path. You know, and hopefully it has. By the numbers, it looks like it has, and the classes. Yeah, the classes, the classes are 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 big, big cornerstone of it. You know, it's it's uh getting out and training, you know. And so with that, um talking about tactical signals exploitation, because you know, that is that's your element, brother. And and you, you know, I tell people this in, in every signet course that I run, because a lot of people in you know th- that have come out to class have been asking about your course, and I always tell them the same thing. I'm like, look. I give you the nuts and bolts of, of how to do this. There's only so much that you can learn in two days. And this is the guy, you know, truth be told, Hey, I was a trigger pull. I was 11 Bravo. I know enough about collecting signals and doing, doing the radio end of things to get you in the right direction. And I know a little bit about a lot of it, right? But you are the, the specialist. That is, that is your area. You were the subject matter expert. And so for your class, kind of taking that, that knowledge to the next level, brother. You know, I was a specialist actually. So, um, <laughs> I was once upon a time as well. I was, wore my was sham the, shield with pride. Yeah. No, I was, I was the, the vice president of the E4 mafia. Um, for my unit, at the least. Yeah, I'm the, you know, I'm the it's... capo. I'm not the street boss, but I'm the, the capo of the E4 Mafia. The E4 Mafia <laughs> is a uh, decentralized organization to where every unit 
has a different VP and president. So like, you know, when we all get together at training, uh, <laughs> when we all go to WLC for the third time, hoping to get our, our stripes, we all meet up and we're like, all right, boys, this is what we're going to do for the third um, time. <laughs> you got kicked out the other two times. No, nah, that was just, I just met up with the same guys at training. I'm like, dude, weren't you at like whatever? And they were like, yeah, man, I remember you. Um, and we're all still specialists for some reason, <laughs> even though you we were like the only ones doing our damn jobs, you know, why. well, cause we were doing our damn jobs. We didn't have time to take, uh, all the stupid online courses and college courses and all that. Um, so they were bringing but anyway. that out. like that, that's <sighs> when it was coming in. And I was like, they were like, Oh, Hey, sorry, you got to take this online class with, I forgot what it was even called. They were like, you, you're behind on all this. I'm like, motherfucker. Get fucked. I'm getting out in like three months. What, what is this shit? Like, I just drink beer. They were like, yeah. oh, you got to. It was uh, soldier self-development or something like that. They were like, yeah, you yeah, got to stick all these modules. And because you didn't do all the ones before it, you got to do all of them. And I'm like, Are no, knowledge ain't doing that. Man. And they were like, they were like, whoa have to put that on your ncoer that you i'm like i don't care i'm getting out i don't care <laughs> i looked at that and i was like each one and said it was hours long i was like hell no i ain't doing that sit <laughs> <laughs> watch death by powerpoint for each one of these six hours long and i gotta do like 30 nah. hours no hell no <laughs> oh man oh no um Anyway, the uh, the class, yeah, we uh, we got that coming up soon, right? It's uh, August fifth and sixth. Sure, did I get is. those dates right. At the Gorilla, I camp, sure did. In deep yeah. in the heart of rural northern North Carolina, deep, <laughs> deep. In the we heart. <laughs> deep. so um, you know, yeah, I ran this class. Uh, when. Man, I can't even remember when the when's the last time I had about this class? a year ago. It was about a year no. ago. One year ago. Yeah, it was. was it? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Was that a year? I think it was. It was about Holy a year shit. ago. I think it was last year. flies by, buddy. Yeah, it does. Believe um me. Well, so last time, um, you know. First class, obviously, it's like a big, huge learning experience because we had a couple guys in there that, like, you know, they had been to all your classes. So they had gone to the SIG and RTO, advanced RTO, some of them multiple times. Um, and then we had other guys who were like, you know, they came for the SIGINT, but they didn't come for the RTO and advanced RTO. So it was kind of like, and vice versa, like, they came for the RTO. Advanced RTO, but not for the SIGIN. So, like, it's a weird mix. Right. Um, so, I kind of revamped everything. Um, we're going to do a lot more practicals this time. Because I realized last time I talked for, like, probably six hours Dude, straight. You you were dropping stop. a mega, like, knowledge <laughs> bomb. There. It was just like... I literally Rah, put cow- like clockwork orange, man. You're like, <laughs> oh my god, he's not, I know all the things. Like I put cowboy sleep 
<clears throat> well, I'm going to continue calling him out for that just because I love him. Um, I, I, think a, I think a little bit of that uh, homemade uh, alcohol. That mango beverage. moonshine was good. It was, yeah. There's, there's still some of that floating around, man. I've got a few jars. Of you know, things. I will say this, cowboy. If you, if, if you hear this, um, I will, I will front the money for your class if you just bring me like a case of that. <laughs> Free of charge, buddy. <laughs> Not even kidding. Um, alcohol is, that was is the original currency, man. That's alcohol. It is. That's why. That's why civilization came about. <clears throat> but um, we're gonna do more practicals. So like, I'm gonna go over a couple. Uh, I'm gonna go over a couple basic concepts and equipment familiarization. That's pretty much the thing, right? We go over like concepts or theory, concepts, practical, right? Review the practical theory, concepts, practical. Review the practical. Um. It's the edge, right? Explain, demonstrate, guide, evaluate, right? Um, obviously, there's no pass or fail. However, I'm not afraid to be critical, and I'm not afraid to tell you, like, hey, you really need to focus on this. Like, if you don't do this, you die. Or if you don't do this, someone else dies, which is, to me, arguably worse. Um, so, you know, we're going to start, like, doing a... RF theory, radio frequency theory, kind of propagation, different, uh, like the high frequency, very high frequency, ultra high frequency, like what, what each does kind of go over the frequency allocation. Cause that does matter. Right. Cause like, yeah. Um, the FCC regulates what kind of radios can do what, right? Like you do have radios that can do all of them. However, there are certain bands that they are tuned to that you can't go outside of because that's just what it is. Um, you can jailbreak some of them a little bit, but like you can't make a Baofeng 152 go to like HF. That's just it's it's not no. that the chip doesn't do that. Um, the equipment can, the panel can't do it. Right, you know, like, like it just the actual it, what modulates the signal. It, it can't do it. It can't do it, right? And so we're going to go over that. Um, then I'm trying to remember. I didn't write it down. I should have. And I know I posted it up on Twitter, but um, I don't want to screw up the bandwidth for the video right now. <laughs> so I'm going to try to remember the best I can. But we're going to go over um, kind of like what SIGINT really is. Um what direction finding really is. We're going to go over the importance of reporting and taking like, and reporting I'll sum it up for you is taking good notes. Um, I can say that in two seconds, but actually doing it is, is pretty difficult. Um, and it takes a lot of practice and I'll give everybody a heads up. Now, if you tune into your emergency response frequency, whatever that is, your local, uh, if you can find some like volunteer or private that are unencrypted, start uh, going to AmericanPartisan.org and look up SIGINT reporting. And I, I typed out examples um, of both signif significant activities and for 
voice communication reporting and just just kind of practice that with like your your emergency services um that helps a lot because they they talk real quick they're very specific a very coded way of saying things and it, it gets you really good at kind of like writing things down typing things out whatever way you do it um because that that does come in handy right because like your frequency of interest well what is a frequency of interest how do you know it's a frequency of interest like what did they say what, what were they talking about what were they doing more importantly what was happening during that you know like that's all stuff you need to know and you're not going to remember promise me like you're or i'm sorry i promise you you can't convince me <laughs> there you're not yeah. going to remember just as much as i screwed that sentence up that's how well you're going to remember it a week from now once you hear something on the radio like it's just not going to happen so um we're going to do a practical on that and then we're going to move into review on direction finding you know just making sure everybody knows how to work an antenna um how to use the little tiny essays, do equipment familiarization with everything, make sure everybody's on the same page, which don't take that as like, oh, I got to learn this whole new piece of equipment. It's literally like three buttons or like actually it's touchpad. So it's three touches and, and you're done. Like, and if it's brand new, we got to calibrate it, which is another three buttons. That's it. Um, they're, they're really plug and play. Yeah. Um, they're, <laughs> I, I can't say it any better than that. They're just really easy to work. So, um, and then we're going to kind of bring everything together. You know, we're going to go over actually shooting an azimuth as a line of bearing on your radio. Right. And like, we're going to go over some specifics on that. Cause like you can't, there's a certain method to the madness, uh, where you can't like, compasses and metal don't mix right and if your antenna has <laughs> your your metal antenna has electromagnetic activity going on with it it's just like not going to make your magnetic compass work very well um but there's a there's a way to do it and we're going to go over that do a field exercise um so saturday is just going to be a lot of explaining and a lot of doing so if you are interested in something like that where it's a busy day and then it's going to be a sunday fun day where we play capture the flag but instead of a flag it's a radio and it's really just like a pretty much scout and i are going to be like the snipers for each team and shoot blanks at each other <laughs> It's really what it's going to boil down to. <laughs> That's yeah. Like, bang, bang. I got you. <laughs> you know. I shot um, you. I saved you. I got you I first. Poked you. <laughs> your head out of there. I saw you. Got um, you. In fact, in fact, bonus points, if you can take a picture of the other team and send it to them digitally over an analog radio. Ooh. Ooh. That's like, whew, buddy, a little, you, little bit of, you won the class. At that. 
little little mfsk action going on oh yeah buddy so we're gonna do all that um and obviously after hours like if anybody's been to class you know how it goes it's fun time but at the same time if you ever if you have a serious question i'm not uh i'm not partying like it's 1999 so if you got questions after class i am partying like it's prince in the revolution dude well, if you give me that green, if you give me that green shit again, then that's a different story. <laughs> the Merlot. The Merlot. Um, yeah, buddy. No, you're talking about the Malort. 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 Yeah, it's not even Merlot. Malort. It's Merlot. No, not not Merlot. No, Malort. <laughs> that's too fancy. <laughs> Malort. That stuff. And I don't know how people drink Man. that. It's like, dude. You would have fucking vented that. That shit that came straight. I feel like I feel like I I mean you made me take that like what three or four times or so. No, 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 no. I gave you that was just twice. Shot. One shot. You gave me the shot. That was your hazing. That was your hazing. You get the the one shot. Then the second time I think I was drunk enough to where somebody was like, Hey, take that again. You you just wanted to do it. You were just like, hey, I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take raise another no shot. bitch. I'm another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That matter of fact, that is what you said. That is what you said. You Mama said, didn't oh, raise no bitch. Made no bitch. I was like, ooh, ooh. They, they she didn't. Get that said, ooh, Trust dude. me, if you if you ever if you ever meet my mom, you'll totally understand why I took that shot. Um, my mom's not an alcoholic, but she's a hard ass. <laughs> She didn't raise yeah. no punk. Um, <laughs> gotta be man. Mama's mama's gotta be hard. Mama's yeah, gotta you, be if tough. You got a, if you got a soft mama, you, she raising soft boys. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's a fact. It's a fact. Hundred percent. Yeah. That's. I mean, why why do mama bears have a reputation that they do? They're just as brutal on their cubs as they are on anybody else. You know. <laughs> So yeah, you appreciate that. Like you, you appreciate getting beat with a wooden spoon. <laughs> oh man, I look back. I was talking to my son today. I was like, "Bud, you know, he was helping me. Uh, I ripped all the ceiling drywall out of my basement, and uh, which, long story short, <sighs> ripped a piece out. Freaking skeleton of a rat came out, and I was like." Well, if a damn like skeleton came out, it wasn't just like a dead rat. That sucker's been there for a minute, which means yeah. there's probably like at least six or seven more up there. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. I just gotta rip Get the whole mask. all out. <laughs> yep. Get yeah, a mask. To, uh... Well, I got a Home Cheapo and I got another hardware store that's unfortunately going out of business. So I went to the the local place that I've been going to that's going out of business. And uh yeah, I got the masks and the the goggles and everything and me and the boy were down there and you know, we were heading to the dump and I looked at him, I was like, Hey, look, I know I'm hard on you, but one day, I promise you, when you're like mid twenties, you're gonna look back and be like, Damn, dad had it figured yep. out. He actually knew what he was talking yeah. about, <laughs> you know. Like, Dude, you know, just you I learn, never sucks learn right now. Lessons, man. Yeah, I was but, like, "Bud, just like, trust me." Like, hangovers. 
Dude, working through well, hangovers, man. That he's was, only twelve, so he ain't working me. through any hangovers yet. But not yet. Give it three years. Give it three yeah, years. give it three. If he's anything three like years. me, yeah, give it, give it yep. two and a half, three that's, years. That's when it started, man. <laughs> I, it was, man. There was there was this one time. There was this one time. It was it was bad. It was vicious. I learned, don't ever, ever. I used to not ever drink during the week because of this. Don't ever show up to work with a nasty hangover where you're doing a lot of physical activity. Because, man, I, I think I was, I think I was 17, I think. Um, we were doing this this big job and and had to do a bunch of bunch of um digging by hand and it was real intricate putting in this little irrigation system and like all this stuff right and um man dude using a matic using a matic in the middle of summer hot and i i was drinking um i went to some party with a buddy of mine all these girls are supposed to be there. Look, you know, anyway, go to this big house party. And there's a bunch of chicks there. You know, <laughs> next thing I know, they they got they got vodka, they got tequila, and we're drinking Coors Light. And we're just man, but I left there, I was fucked up. Fucked up. <laughs> Cross-eyed. Yeah, you know, just drinking all kinds of shit. Middle of the summer, you know, so it's, it's one of the good summer house parties. You teenage house, wow, oh, yeah, you know, just wild. And, um, man, gotta get up, gotta get up work the next day. You know, my dad's like, chass, I bet. Said, oh man, you know, like I wake up and you don't even remember going to sleep. You're like, damn. Oh yeah. He's like I, I made I made some breakfast over here. Like he he's looking at you, the predator eyes. I made some breakfast <laughs> over here. You want some? <laughs> uh, you no. moving slow. You feeling okay? <laughs> it's a sunny day. It's gonna be hot. <laughs> he's got this yeah. predator eyes just looking at you. You know, like, like come on, eat the eggs. They're extra oh, running. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, I got you know, out there. Dad, I, got I, out could, there I could really just go for a greasy cheesesteak right now. But yeah, sure. Runny ah, eggs are man. great. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm out there on that matic swinging it. it I mean, you, you could probably smell me from 100 yards away. Just, oh, guaranteed. Just, uh, man, I'm swinging at matic. I, dude, it, that was brutal. That was brutal. Oh, yeah. And he was, he was just like, He's just well, I mean, because he knew, yeah, he, he knew. He He's knew. not dumb. He's been nah, around the block I mean, he, times. he knew what I was like. He was probably up when I came home, you know, and he's like, Oh, I'm gonna get his ass tomorrow. <laughs> oh yeah. Heard <laughs> you bouncing just, off the walls, <laughs> walking yeah, down the hall, yeah. bow, yeah. bow, yeah. bow. He's like, I'm gonna teach him to do that shit during the week. You know, you do what you want on Friday night, Saturday night, you know, Friday night, uh, you gotta have fun, but you still got work to do on Saturday. But Saturday night, you get wild as you want to get. Yeah. You know, but this this was like a Tuesday. Yeah. No. Uh, unacceptable. 
unacceptable. Yeah. Don't do that shit on Tuesday. And, and, he, and he's sitting there watching me, and he, he's, he's like, you ain't moving worth a shit. Like, uh, he goes, yeah, you you hung over, aren't you? So, uh, yeah, a little bit. He's like, no, you ain't gonna lie to me. I know you are. I can smell you. Yeah, he's, he's like, I know exactly what you be drinking too. So, uh, man, but I learned he, he, he don't do it. Don't do it. Oh yeah, don't work hungover. You can have all the fun you have, but. Mm-mm. Don't do it, hung out. Oh yeah, but the G camp, G there, there's there has been. It's some, hard to do with the G camp. There's been some. I've had some students that definitely have enjoyed their stay, <laughs> enjoyed their tenure <laughs> uh, in the in the gorilla camp located deep in the heart. I know a guy that's done that. Carolina. I do too, man. I, I we both we have a mutual friend. We do have a mutual friend. He had a little bit too much fun. Who who camped out on the couch, and I thought that he was dead on Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, that, hey, man. I, I thought Johnny I, was dead, man. I got to go. I said, I, said, I said, hey, man, you all right? I mean, he was he he showed up to party, man. He really did. He But I said, hey, man, you know, you you all right? You can make. Uh, uh, oh no! Oh, I've heard that. I gotta before. go. I gotta go, buddy. Man. Oh man, dude. Uh, I remember a couple times going to work, and we were like partying in the middle of the week, like animals. I wake up like 4.30 and be like, all right, do my stretches, do my push-ups, you know, go to my water when I first wake up and yeah, man, I walk downstairs, sawing logs, close the door and like my door was not quiet. It was squeaky. Couldn't shut it without making a bunch of racket. But man, one day I came home from work. I left, he was there. <laughs> I came home. Still on the couch. Still there. I was like It's like they do half bait. <laughs> they just like slept on the couch the whole time. They were like, Hey couch dude. <laughs> couch dude, yeah. yeah. Couch dude. Like, brother, what you wanna eat, man? I was like, brother, you alright? He's like No. <laughs> I was like, Well, buddy, it's like I mean I don't know what you want to call it, an early dinner or a late lunch, but, like, you need something to eat? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Poor guy. I, I, there was one student, man, in my last class, I could tell. Like, right He's around... Cause, I mean, midnight, like, for anybody that doesn't know, brush beater, midnight is, like, lights out. Like, hey, if you're drinking... Yeah. Midnight's like, you hey, all right, yeah, you know. You used to be around two or so, yeah. you know, my, my, as I, as I grow into maturity more, nothing you good know. happens after midnight, man. Well, I've had, I've had a few good things that happened after midnight. Well, all right. Nothing responsible happens after midnight. 
Let me put it that this way. is true. true. <laughs> Correct. Correct. That's an accurate statement. <laughs> it's an accurate statement. Yeah, like midnight, you know, like, hey, look, we start class at like, you know, between eight and nine, maybe a little after nine. So like midnight. I, hey, I everybody... the griddle up at zero eight. Yeah, the, the griddle's, griddle's firing up at zero eight. Going. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, you know, midnight, everybody gets like a decent night's sleep. You know, you got enough time to sleep everything off. And if you get the spins, you got enough time to get rid of that and, <laughs> and go to bed. Eat you some, <laughs> eat you some greasy food. Yeah. Eat you, you know, something you got time super greasy. You know, so, if, you, if, if you're from regions that don't have Bojangles, you, you'll ride down, go get you some Bojangles. That's pretty good. I mean, it's so good. I went to the Richmond NASCAR <laughs> race one time, and we went to Bojangles that Monday when we left. Right, we went to the race this Sunday race. Woke up Monday morning. My buddy, we put the whole RV together, and this was like a a drive-in RV, and it had yeah. the extend extensions on both sides. We put this whole thing in, collapsed it, and drove off for like twenty-five minutes. We stopped at a Bojangles, and my buddy wakes up, and he's like, ah, how long have we been driving? I was like, buddy, we've been on the road for like minutes. And he's like, where are we at? And I was like, Bojangles. He's like, oh, perfect. Damn. <laughs> Bojangles, I mean, there's something about deep fried chicken with cayenne pepper on it and a greasy-ass biscuit. And you you eat that, you feel like a million dollars. Like you, you know, could wake up, you could wake up, you could have been drinking the most rock gut liquor you can think of night before. You eat that, good. We're good to go. Oh yeah. Like, my, like, <laughs> my dad, he uh my my hangover story with my dad is a lot more pleasant than yours, actually. I woke up one night or one morning and there, there was a bar. I mean, as the crow flies, I don't know, probably like less than a quarter mile away, but it's a hell of a hill. I mean, you're talking like, I don't even know what grade it's at. It's steep. You know, like if you're stumbling home, you're, you're crawling home by the time you get to the top of the hill. But I drove like an idiot and, uh, I'm a backer upper. And when I backed my car up, I backed into the driveway, but didn't straighten out. So I just kept turning. Ooh. So I had my Honda CRV turn sideways in the garage, in the uh, driveway. I didn't go in the grass. I didn't touch Sergeant Major's lawn. I will say that. <laughs> but <laughs> I woke up the next morning and it was my dad. He was kicking the shit out of my bed. And he's like, were you drinking last night? And I was like, yeah, I went to the bar. He's like, do you drive home? I was like, yeah. to be honest, Pop, I don't remember. He's like, Ooh. let me let me come show you something. You know, I was like, all right. And go outside. And sure enough, man, I looked out the window and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he's like, yep. And I was like, oh, man. I mean, I was like an adult, right? So he wasn't like, he was pissed, but he wasn't like, he couldn't be pissed at me. He's He's disappointed. In you. He's very disappointed, but he did say he's like, "Look, 
I've done it before. Your mom's done it before. All your aunts and uncles have done it before. Your fucking grandparents probably done it before. Like, not that big of a deal. You didn't, there's no blood all over it. You know, like, you obviously (laughs) didn't kill somebody (laughs) on the way home. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Defenders are all still intact. And I was like, all right. He's like, look, don't do it again. And just this once, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to make you breakfast. And man, I was like, Dad, where are the eggs? He just made me pancakes and hash browns. And I was like, Dad, where are the eggs? He's like, son, you need carbohydrates Mm -hmm. (laughs) and fat. And I was like, all right, I'll take your word for it. And sure enough, man, I ate it. It felt great. Grease, dude. I don't know what it is about the grease. Mm. It does make you feel better. It does. I do love the brush beater breakfast, though. The brush beater breakfast is tasty. Hell yeah. We do good, man. We do it big. It's, we do. We it, And the cool thing is, is like, that's what I love about it is, is the communal atmosphere. Like, everybody lets their hair down. Everybody, like, everybody. You know, yeah. you, man. And people are, people are bringing all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really cool to see. Cause like the first day when everybody always gets there, they kind of feeling everybody else out and like, you know, and then there's man, a certain level of paranoia. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you always have that. People are like yeah. clammed up, you know, and then by, by Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, it's like, Hey man, you know, you, you're in here with the crew. Like this, is, oh, yeah. this is cool. And, um, that's it's my main stuff, goal, man, man, is to lighten people up. You know, like, I want to lighten yeah. people up. I want to teach them stuff. But, like, in order to teach people stuff, you really kind of got to get to know them. You know, like, yeah. Because everybody's different. Everybody learns different. You know, like, I might be able to tell one guy something one time and be like, oh, yeah, you know, and he's got it. Yeah, man. But then well, other guys will be like, no, 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 you got to, I got to show them. And then I got to watch them yeah. do it and correct them, you know, because that's how I am. So, like, right. That when I started doing this, man, like many, many years ago, so like, God, it's like back in 2016, like late 2016, my first open. Well, no, it wasn't. It, it was 2016. I, I was teaching private classes, but um, my first open enrollment class was uh, March of 2017. And something that I, I did just kind of as a. Um, as a thing from doing private classes first before I, I got into all the open enrollment stuff and I actually had like a, like a training calendar up and everything um, was whenever the people would reach out for private classes, they would have what they wanted to learn. So they would reach out and they'd be like, Hey, we, you know, we really focus on this, this, and this, or this is so like back in those days, when you know i didn't really i didn't really get into any of this stuff and doing this stuff like as a full-time job um but all of a sudden you know like it it became that obviously uh everything that we've got now but people would would contact me and they would want to you know they're enrolling in class but they had their training objectives 
and they they wanted to learn something. And sometimes they don't want to tell you what that is because maybe they don't even know what that is. And so that Friday night was always a really cool time. And, you know, but but back in the early days of me, doing this, like that Friday night was a was a cool time for me to kind of um, like get everybody in it in a. A, a nice atmosphere where they can they can hang out they can have a good time if they want to and not just get to know each other and and you know like not not in not get forced to do anything but it's for me to know what they want to learn and so i would i would take those things and, and try and address them and I, I do this now too uh still i you know i never stopped doing it but I've over the years I've realized that people come to class with with one of a few questions, like the the breadth of people that I got now. Um, they typically will have one of a few questions. Like I know that, that people have a specific topic that they want to learn, and that's what the class for. And everything else they learn is just icing on the cake. But they that one thing that's what they want to learn, and um, you know. When, when you you kind of like you distill that down uh, that Friday night was so that I figure that out and you know what what is it that this this guy or this lady wants to learn why are they come to class like what's their motivation to come here what can I teach them and um you know it, it's that's that's exactly what it is and you know that that awesome relaxed atmosphere because like the reality is this too man. And you and I talked about this um, the last time you were down. We don't get enough opportunities in our day-to-day life to do that, to let your hair down, to, you know, be in a, a atmosphere where you don't have to be guarded, man. You can, you know, like, like you're, you're with normal people and you can look around and say like, Hey, these, these are normal Americans, man. Like, like the, maybe the workplace you're coming from is, is hostile and, you know, like you, you kind of have to be guarded. We, we all have to wear those face masks, man. But you ain't got to do that. You know, you don't have to do that. It is okay to love America. It is okay to to point out that, man, there's there's some bad things that are coming down the pipe. Like you're not a nut job, you know, and, and it's it's all, all of the things, like all the derogatory stuff that, that people commentate with uh, the pepper community, with the survivalist community, you know, and, and tactical training and like all, all the, the fingers that, that come out of that, out of that framework, but you're not alone. Like that, that's one of the biggest things is you're not alone. No, you're not. I mean, I'm yeah. lucky. I have um, the place where I work. It's a, uh, it's a pretty small company and everybody's pretty much on the same page. Like, you know, Monday, we all kind of were like, hey, is anybody even working Monday? Because, like, if nobody else is working, what's the point of us even coming in? Like, nobody's going to answer the phone. And uh, right. I was like, well, shit, if we're not working, you guys want to do a Monday gun day? And they were like, fuck yeah. So now we're doing a Monday Hell gun day. Yeah. We're going to get some radios out. We're going to get some tablets out. We're going to get some R1 cables out. Like, it's going to be a good day. And, uh, so I'm lucky in the sense that everybody's pretty like-minded, you know. Um, but I know people that work in those environments where 
dude, if you say anything remotely that could be conceived as conservative, you are totally outcast. Nobody's going to talk to you. Nobody's going to want anything to do with you. Bosses are going to hate you. Yeah. They're going to look for any excuse to fire you. And that exists. Um, that's sad. I mean, I feel bad for those those guys. Um, but that's why I appreciate why they come to class. Because, like, I mean, and you put it best. Like, you know, learning the stuff is one half of the class. The second half is the camaraderie that happens after the official end of class. You know, that, like, yeah. five, five, thir- between five and, like, six o'clock or so, or pretty much when everybody's just, like... <laughs> When I'm teaching, I can look at everybody and be like, all right, these guys are like tapped out and anything I say to them is just going to go in one ear out the other. So yeah. like cognitive overload, well call man. It. Yeah. So at that point, it's like, hey, you know what? Gloves are off or well, yeah, fight's over. Let's <laughs> let's start. Let's start cracking cold ones and, and cooking food and smoking cigars and. Let's relax. Right. Let's have fun. We can, st- we can still look. Anybody that went to my last class, we were talking about sigging shit till like midnight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it that, just kept that conversation up. went late. Went it super, just kept coming up, kept late. coming up. I mean, I was drawing on the whiteboard till damn 1045 at night. You know, like it, 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 it didn't, class didn't really end. It just became more of a, I don't know. A party? I informal. Guess? I it was well, an informal period of instruction. It's when the real learning happens. <laughs> Excuse me. I'd say class officially ended when you and I took a ride on on the side by side. Yeah. That's 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 when I was like, all Accurate. right, guys. Accurate. I'm not teaching anymore. I'm going on a ride on this side by side. The, the unofficial sponsor of, of brush training and am <laughs> and the Maverick XXC 1000 R turbo that goes 80 over any, any terrain, literally any terrain. You can go 80 miles an hour and there's no in between. You're either at zero or at 80. So yeah. Like, there's, it's just, it just goes. <laughs> It's like this is the car from Speed Racer, man. Yeah. Like, Holy that thing shit. Was awesome. <laughs> I remember you looking over at me. You were like, I don't know if you felt it, but we just hit a ramp going 65 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Like, man, I was sipping my beer. I thought it was just a bump. And you were like, nope, we went airborne. Yeah. And all four that wheels was, that came was off the terrace. ground. Yeah. It was a terrace in one of the fields, man. I, I totally jumped it. It was. <laughs> Yeah, like, dude, oh, man. this is this thing is, dude. I that took I awesome. took K on that thing from uh, Combat Studies Group when he was doing Brown yeah. Rod here. I took him on that. And he was just like, "All right, uh, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I said, you don't want to go for another one? No, I'm good. I'm good, man." Oh, dude. I mean, I don't know if you remember when I was in it, dude. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I was having, he, yeah. Like, he didn't. I love that I mean, high octane shit, man. I love it. I can't get. K, K didn't travel all the way to North Carolina to, to die in a 
fiery side by side crash with some, <sighs> you know, crazy look, redneck man. backwoods. You know, <sighs> like uh. if that's how I go, that's how I go. Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, that's my Useful. attitude towards anything. Look, man, if this is what kills me, this is what kills me. I can't control it. You know what I mean? Like, at yeah. that point, it, it's my time. If I'm doing something really stupid, yeah. it's like, all right, you deserved it. But, you know, if you're yeah. just having a good time and you eat it, hey, man, is what it be. That's just how, you know, it's your time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Man, man, I ain't here for a long time. I'm here a good time. So when we were know. riding on that thing, I my cheeks hurt from smiling. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I was having he a good it, old time. <laughs> I so love what I, that. What thing. I need to do, what I need to do is bring my Yamaha 700 down there too. Oh, buddy. Drag. Nah, that's a bad idea. No, you're on. That's a bad idea. No, that's a great idea. You're on. That's before beers, though. We got to make sure that. Yeah, happens. yeah, yeah. It's a, no, it definitely. De- That's a pre. Yamaha is definitely not something you want to drink and get wild on. My buddies had that yeah, at Hatfield McCoy Trails in West Virginia. Yeah, 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 buddy. That thing's fast, mm. dude. Real fast. Yeah, the Kodiak 700 is not. It, I mean, it, it's a it's a throwback foiler, really. It, it goes back to like the late 90s when ATVs were stripped. Man, they didn't they didn't have oh, any yeah. like fancy. They don't have nothing like no speedometer, nothing. Like it's, yeah. it's just 700 motor. Like the 686cc motor, the the frame, the racks, that's it. Like, that's it. And and it is that thing will scream. Like it's a it's a utility four wheeler. It will it, it, it it hauls ass. Like when you get on that thing, you're just like, <laughs> whoa, you know. Like, oh yeah. It, that's, you get half throttle like, and you're like, "Oh man, this thing's fast." Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it's, I've, I have, I have raced the Can Am. I've raced against the Can Am. Someone was driving it. it shall not be named. Uh, another mutual friend was driving. It. I already it know. Shall not be named. Um, <laughs> his ex. This level at such things is not super high, so I was like, "This really ain't an accurate. This really ain't an accurate test." You know, he, he's not used to driving uh, off-road, you know, sport cars. Basically, yeah, he's, you know, this is not his forte. But speaking of fortes, one speaking of fortes and the Lordes Signals Intelligence Station, just a little bit uh, left on the clock, talking about this because this has shown up, and I was uh, I'm going to do a dedicated podcast on this. I've been talking about doing uh, Red Dawn in America take three now for a little while, and I just haven't had the time. Uh, in case anybody's noticed, I got a web store out there that is just selling out of everything insanely fast. I've had to stay on top of that. 
um, in ways that I never believed would happen, but it's because this audience is great. But brushbeater.com, uh, promo code freedom at checkout for 10% off. That's freedom in all caps. But I already signals intelligence station. So the media is making a big deal out of this thing. Uh, they just discovered this now. I was talking about this back in 2018. And uh, I want to shed a little bit of light on this and, you know, just, just with a few minutes left. Um, they're making a big deal out of this, framing it up. It, it's, oh, it's the, the Chinese spy station, you know, in, in Cuba. Okay. Um, yes, I broke all that down. You can go to AmericanPlan.org, type in in the search bar, Lord A Signals Intelligence Station, and you will see that joint. Sino-Soviet, or Sino-Russian, rather, um, Signals Intelligence Station reopens. When it was built, it was a Soviet um, Signals Intelligence Station. So its original purpose was to monitor the uh, signals of the microwave link from Cape Canaveral to Houston that NASA was sending back and forth. Um, The Soviets built it. They paid for it. Um, but there's a lot of other things that go on there. And since that system is mostly obsolete, not completely, but mostly, uh, you're talking about 1960s technology there that we were utilizing for that communications link. Um, there's easier ways to do it. So what, why in 2018 were, was myself and and a couple other people alerted to the, Why did they reopen it? So the reason the reason for this is is not a signals intelligence purpose. It's in, in a contemporary sense. Signet, there's, there's other ways to accomplish the goal in in the modern era, in 2023. There, there's other things they're doing there. Um, does that mean that they shut all that equipment down? No, but they're doing something else. The Lord A Signals Intelligence Station. What the media is now, you know, 2018, uh, five years removed, you know, half a decade removed. Now they're finally paying attention to it. The the significance that this place plays, and I did the overlays for all this and pointed out exactly where uh, certain things are going to show up, is this is a staging area. All right. This is a staging area. South America is being framed up and utilized uh, and and being built right now to be a manpower force to occupy at least part of the United States. Now, you can take that how you will. But when you look at who's invading our southern border, as we were talking about earlier in the episode and how they have absolutely no desire to amalgamate to American culture. Why is that? Why is that? You've got Chinese military age males that are coming in. You have uh, Nicaraguan, Honduran, Colombian, Venezuelan, right? Iranian, a lot of Middle Eastern countries. They're all coming in and they're unified in a goal. BRICS is not just an economic alliance. It is a military alliance. And the Lord A Signals Intelligence Station is going to be a focal point that is a staging area for pushing equipment north as the need arises. So 
when such a situation begins to erupt in the United States, much like is in France right now, and I think that it might be in part a testing ground of all this, possibly, possibly, um, certain elements will probably be looking at this as a, as a means to test some ideas out. They're going to bring in an occupation force. They would have to in the United States. There's absolutely no way if there was mass chaos, France is not a huge place, all right, compared to the United States. We're, you know, this is a geographically it's huge. And we're talking about population centers. Madman, something that you brought up in the beginning of the episode. How many, how many police officers it took to take down one, to lock down one intersection? So when you think about that, right, you, you, you begin to think about the actual raw manpower that's being uh, required. Well, you, know, you take into account that Venezuela in Caracas is building, uh, Cavan Military Industries is building 50,000 AK-103s per year, plus the ammunition, plus a lot of other things, right? But that per year, and they've been doing that, that that factory was operational in 2019 was when it went online, right? That's more more weapons than they'll ever need. Why are they building that many? Who's intending on using them, right? There's got to be a market for it. They're staging for something. They're getting ready for the next step. Folks, it, it's staring you in the face. This is why, this is why the the quote-unquote Chinese spy station, because China is funding this thing, right? The Russians are too. They're, they're beneficiaries of it, but China is the ones that are really funding it, right? The buildup of it. And I, again, I've got the overlays of all of that. Why did they purchase? Why did the general, the commanding general of the, the People's Liberation Army uh, logistics branch buy the Morningstar Ranch Canada. All right. I haven't even gotten into Canada. I haven't even gotten into the levels of control that the Chinese have in Canada, the influence they have in Canada. This is all serious stuff. So we were way ahead of the curve, right? Way ahead of the curve, five years ahead of the curve. But it, it much like the Cassandra complex, where you can see these things when nobody else can, and you know that they're going to happen. All right. I'm telling all of you, this is something that, that you really need to be paying attention to very carefully, taking deadly serious. And I get it. We all get burned out on, you know, doom porn and whatever else. Right. This is this is a warning. This is telling you, hey, I, I'm looking at this from a military perspective, from a logistics perspective. How would I occupy a place if I intended on doing so? And this is exactly how I would do it. So heed the warning. This is why it's imperative to get into class, folks. This is why it's imperative to double down on that now. This is why it's imperative to be stockpiling equipment you know you are going to need. And communications is a big part of that. store promo code FREEDOM now through the 5th of July. You get over there, that is 10% off all things in the store. Excuse me, can't talk. Uh, all things in the store, 10% off everything. 
Again, promo code FREEDOM in all caps at checkout, brushbeater.store. Madman, it's damn good to be on with you. And, uh, man, I cannot wait until class when you are down here. Have a beer or five or six with you. You know. Have some good times, man. Make some memories. I don't want to telegraph intentions, but I think uh, I think I might sneak down there sooner than class. Hell yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe maybe during might the uh, radio telephone operator course? Um. You know, I mean, I might show my face at some point. I don't know. I don't want to say when. (laughs) Like the Phantom. I'm right behind you, Murdoch. I might might pitch a tent somewhere. Come sneaking out with my uh, Viper hood. Let's do Um, it, dude. Let's do it. But no, uh, yeah, like everything you just said, man. Like, um, what's happening at our border uh, can't be ignored. You know, like when I see guys being let in, you know, if I see a video of a border patrol agent cutting open concertina wire, it's like, yeah. well, you know, like they're literally letting them in, um, and, and it's just that's not good. You know, like they can't. <sighs> They can't vet these people truly because, like, let's be real. A Hispanic guy comes across the border like, oh, my name's Pablo Rodriguez. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think they're giving you their real name, jackass? No. I mean, really. Like, anybody who thinks that those people are giving real information at the border like you're on a whole nother level of stupid and i'm i i I can tolerate a certain level of ignorance and be like you know what i'm going to try to reason with this person i'm going to try to educate them when people tell me oh no the border's not a problem like it's not that big of a deal it's like okay you are retarded like yeah, I would. <laughs> I will you're, take, you're an idiot. You are an idiot. I will take Forrest Gump's advice over yours, at that point. And I'm, that's not an exaggeration. Like I, I, I cannot take you seriously. Anything furthermore that comes out of your mouth, I'm disregarding. You're too dumb to even listen to. And I'm not even a, that smart of a guy, you know. Like if if I took an IQ test right now, it'd probably be like average. And, like, man, the people that they're like, oh, yeah, the border's not that big of a deal. Like, it's never going to happen here. It's like, bro, you live in la-la land, buddy. Like, shit is going down right now. It's happening right now. It's not happening next year. It's not happening 10 years from now. It's happening right now. You know? Like, and (laughs) that's that's just how it is. And... Oh, man yeah like seriously go get some training i'm not even telling you to go to my class uh like my class is going to help you i'm sure a lot in terms of like organizing your sigging capabilities and learning like how to execute and plan and and do all that stuff and kind of put all to put it all together 
into one, but um, man, like at the end of the day, you need to be able to like provide for your family, food, water, hygiene is always overlooked. Everybody always says like, oh, this is overlooked. That's overlooked. Like, no, like cleaning your butthole <laughs> is overlooked the most out of anything. <laughs> I never Washing hear, <laughs> I never hear anything about, I hear about tourniquets and gauze and food and how to store rice. And you need this much square acreage for food, like vegetables and all this and like you need this much protein and all that it's like y'all got some like baby wipes <laughs> so i can i can clean my pits and my crack you know like <laughs> nobody dude, ever talks about that man. dude it's, if you're not clean yeah you're you're gonna be hurting like i'd rather go hungry for three days than not have a bath for three days to, to be perfectly honest, I've been, I've not eaten for three days, and I've also not bathed for three days. Not eating for three days. I was hungry, don't get me wrong. I was especially, really hungry and angry. But not bathing like, for three days, it was awful. Dude, it was fucking terrible. Humid, like, nasty, humid environments, like, right now. Right now, dude, like, you go outside, dude. Oh, dude, I'm dying. 90 degrees outside and 100% humidity. You're like, Ugh. Uh, yeah, you're instant. Instant sweat. Sweat sitting here. Like, uh, you know, you got to clean you imagine, that off, man. Yeah, like, that's that the off. thing, man. Can you imagine running around the woods Heat in that? Ripples. Like, dude, like, look. Heat prickles. Tell you ever me. heard the adage heat that's worse than a chapped ass? Yeah. I mean, yes. a chapped ass is pretty rough. So if something's worse than a chapped ass, that's like that means it's pretty fucking bad. So Dude, just keep that in that mind. Monkey butt. Yeah, like <laughs> you get that Back baboon up. ass, it is gonna be a rough day for you. <laughs> you know? Just something, to, just something to keep in mind. But uh, no, Sigan is important too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, that's that's pretty important. But <laughs> at the ass, end of the day, signals intelligence. Them <laughs> too. You could if you could do those two, and of course, dodge a wrench, then you can yeah, dodge a ball. I got a knife. <laughs> I got a knife. A clean, a clean ass. A radio and a winning attitude. I can beat anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, technical signals exploitation, folks. You know, you you know you want to be here. You know you want to be here. It is up on the calendar, brushbeater.store. And again, plug in that discount right now. Fourth of July sale, Independence Deal is going on. Independence Day sale is going on. 10% off promo code freedom at checkout. And that applies to courses too. That applies to courses too. Uh, so, brother, with that said, man, thank you so much for being on. Honor, as always, being on this show. I always have a ball. That's right. That's how we do it. That is how we do it. Folks, have a wonderful, wonderful day out there. 
pay very careful attention to these things that are going on in the world. They are certainly critically important. Um, we can't change the things that are. Okay, you can't change the weather, but what you can do is get yourself more prepared to weather the storm. That's where you want to be. With that said, folks, God bless. I'll talk to you again very, very soon. Zensi Scout, out.